Hello, hello, hello from wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is the Rambler and the Gambler. This is Kevin, joined as always by Dan. What's up, dude? What's up? Coming down the uh, home stretch here, week 16 in the NFL already. This is true, with a lot at stake for a lot of teams outside of the tri state area. <laughs> because of that Columbus Day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so before we jump into week 16, let's. Briefly recap week 15, so not really a true headline marquee game this past week like we saw in weeks past with uh, Pat's Chiefs and Saints Niners and Ravens Niners and, you know, a lot of good games over the past couple of weeks, but, um, you know, still uh, important games, deciding playoff seedings, playoff spots, and, you know, first round buys, all that good stuff, so... Uh, one game I did want to touch on was the Titans-Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably the best game of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, not really that close. Well, I guess the, no, Titans, I guess, no, I guess the Titans kind of made a comeback. but As somebody who did wager on that outside of the pod last week, and I had a close eye on it, and Houston did jump out to a 14 nothing lead, but the Titans came back in the second half, and it was tied... 14-14 in the fourth quarter until uh, ten, um, Houston eventually pulled away. So, I mean, by far the most entertaining game of the weekend. Um, you know, that division is still up for grabs, which unfortunately, Kev, your Colts are not going to be the winner, I hate to tell you. Uh, yeah, I think they have like a 0.2% chance to make the playoffs. So yeah, probably not. I wouldn't bet on it. Nope. Um, yeah, I was surprised the Texans actually won on the road. They're so kind of hot and cold mm-hmm. that I never know what to expect with the Texans, uh, I thought they might have lost that game and then won Week 17 at home, but now they've put themselves in the position to, if they win this weekend, uh, they clinch the division. So yeah, uh, I'll be curious to see if they fall flat this week with, you know, obviously that was an important game last week. They got up for it, and now they got the Bucks on the road this week. So we'll see how that plays out. But Texans putting themselves in the driver's seat for the... AFC South. Yeah, I mean, the Titans certainly did not help their cause because now this weekend they have to play the Saints, and we all saw what the Saints did last Monday night to, um, you know, the Colts. But I think that that was more motivated by Drew Brees being able to break Peyton Manning's record than... I mean, that coupled in with the fact that uh, the Niners beat them uh, in their building the week before, uh, and Drew Brees is always lights out dynamite on Monday Night Football. I think he wanted to come out and make a statement, which... They obviously did. Um, I thought it was funny, not to digress, but when he, he had broken the, the, uh, the touchdown record in the second quarter and yeah. they called back on a penalty, and then they're like, all right, hold on, hold your applause. It's like, do we stop it? Do yeah. We I mean, I, I, I tried to live bet over two and a half touchdown passes, and the FanDuel locked it on me because they knew after that 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 was Sean Payton's main goal that night because they already had a 17-point lead and... Anyway, back to Titans, uh, Texans. The Titans had won four in a row, and their defense is, you know, you know, getting on the same page really well now. A.J. Brown, I mean, he's going to give Josh uh, Jacobs on the Raiders, who's my pick for Rookie of the Year, a run for his money. That man has been going crazy lately. And Tannehill, I mean, you know, Mariota must be digging himself a hole on that bench. Uh, you know, yeah, right. He's come in and looked like, you know, crazy. So, you know, you think to yourself, Tannehill played with who? He was on the Dolphins under Matt Gase, right? Or um, Adam Gase, excuse me. And now Adam Gase is in New York, and Sam Darnold's not looking all that great. So I'm starting to think there's a there, there's an Adam Gase problem, not necessarily a Ryan Tannehill problem. Yeah, right. 
Do you uh, think the Titans can still make the playoffs, or do you think they're Absolutely, gonna... I think the Titans can make the playoffs. Um, and I'm gonna, I was going to get into this a little later, but since you brought it up. So Pittsburgh had an opportunity to take a one-game lead on them for sixth place in the AFC wild card, and they didn't do it because they lost at home on Sunday night to Buffalo. So with that being said, Pittsburgh and Tennessee still both have the same record at 8-6. and six. Now I think that... Um, Pittsburgh has a much easier test this weekend playing the Jets. Meanwhile, the Titans are at home against the Saints. But I think the Titans have a better team uh, than the Pittsburgh Steelers do right now, especially offensively. Because, I mean, Smith-Schuster's been out. Connor's been out. I mean, you know, you had Mason Rudolph come in. You got bludgeoned with uh, Miles Garrett uh, with his own helmet. And then now you got the Duckster, and the Duckster threw four picks this weekend. So, um, you know, I'm not going to count Tennessee out yet. I am not going to count them out yet at all. Wouldn't it be interesting if Tennessee won this weekend and Houston lost? Then we're going into next weekend for the division, more or less, because they're playing each other again. Yes. Uh, I was going to say Houston has the tiebreaker, but obviously... I saw you processing that while I was saying it. Yeah, I was about to say, that's not right, but no. (laughs) No, it's definitely right. It would be right because Houston has the tiebreaker now. Like I just mentioned, so all they do is win and they're in. But if they lose, yes. But if they come in with the same record. Six. Yes, correct. Yeah. Right. Do you think Houston can win a playoff game on the road? God, no. Houston can't even win a playoff game at home. Okay. I mean, listen, I feel like the uh, Texans are, are becoming a little bit uh, what the Bengals were with Marvin Jones. Bill O'Brien, good coach. Marvin you know, get Lewis. Marvin, yes, excuse me. I'm thinking the uh, guy who's always stealing Kenny Galladay's catches in my fantasy league. <laughs> um,. Yeah, I'm starting to think Marvin Lewis, you know, has a nice regular season once in a while to, you know, nine, ten wins, you know, sneaks into a division or a playoff game and then just can't seem to win ever. I think the only it's, time that Houston did win was when they played Cincinnati, when Cincinnati was on the road at Houston. Yeah, I think they've lost to the Patriots a couple of times in the yeah. uh, second round, but it's it's funny because, you know, uh, mid, mid-decade, I'll say, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that range, Houston always seemed to have a great defense in Arian Foster and no quarterback. It was either Brian Hoyer, Matt Schaub, or, um, oh, God, isn't, I can picture. Uh, On what team? Houston. They've always had. Uh, Brock Osweiler? Sure. And they've always seemed <laughs> the to Brockster? have. The Brockster? They've always seemed to have, like, uh, these oddball quarterbacks with great teams and defensive Units and now I feel like their defense is getting a little older. Now they have the great quarterback, mm-hmm. and they just can't get you know all their ducks in a row at the same time. But uh, I'd be interested to see them play Buffalo if they if that ends up being the four five matchup. Yeah, I but, think that would be a good game. And I mean, I would probably lean Buffalo, but I mean that's obviously how, way, way down the road. How great would it be if Buffalo beat the Patriots this weekend and tied for the division lead and then won, and the Patriots were a five seed? Oh my god, that would make me so happy. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold your breath. Yeah, I mean I'm definitely not going to, but that would be great if it actually happened. Let's go, Buffalo. Gerard Hatton in the house. Talk to your boys. Yeah. Uh other only other thing I wanted to touch on from last week is do you think the Pats and Cowboys are back on track or do you think uh we just got thrown off their scent? I'll start with the Pats. <sighs> I thought you were going to start with the Cowboys. Okay, start with the Cowboys. No, I've, I had to recap uh, something in my head. The Pats beat the Bengals? Yes. Okay, so initially <laughs> I was looking at that game, and it was like 7-7 or 
And I'm thinking, okay, there's no way that the Patriots are going to cover this, and then they blew up. But, I mean, you can't really you can't really go by the Bengals. I mean, they're, like, not even a franchise. They're in the same division with, like, the Giants and the Dolphins and, you know, teams like that. I mean, the Bengals are just atrocious. Joe Burrow, here we come. Anyway, I don't think – I think there are gaping holes on both. I think that the coaching problem in Dallas with Jason Garrett is, you know, very evident – because they have a lot of great personnel, specifically on the offensive side, with Zeke and Cooper and Witten. I mean, despite the fact that Witten's a little long in the tooth, he's still one of the greats. Um, on the other side, New England has the complete opposite. He's, they've got 42-year-old Tom Brady, and the only guy he can really rely on consistently is Julian Edelman, who's an undersized slot receiver, uh, you know, who can get you, you know, eight, nine catches a game, but, you know, he's not stretching the field or doing anything like that. So to be honest with you, I know I don't see either of these teams making a push or a run deep into the playoffs. If each of them, you know, if the Dallas makes the playoffs, um, I'm going to say they're going to either be one and done or they're definitely not going to win a divisional round weekend. Uh, they might sneak out a wild card weekend win, uh, depending on who they play. Although if it's San Francisco, I mean, my wife would kill me if I said that. So I don't see them beating the Niners. New England. You know, they'll probably finish first or second, get their bye because, uh, you know, of the teams that they've beaten. But I don't see them going all that deep. I think uh, I think at this point I would rank them as the third best team in the AFC behind um, Baltimore is by far the first. And Kansas City is uh, catching their stride at the, at the right time, you know. So I would catch them as the two. Yeah, I agree. I don't think either of them. Well, I don't think the Patriots are back on track. To your point, it was the Bengals. Let's... Slow our roll. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the Cowboys. I mean, the Patriots this weekend, they're home, okay? I mean, they're not on the road in Cincy. They're home, but they got the Bills, who are a real team this year. I'm willing to finally admit that after they're 10-4. and four. The Bills are a real team. Josh Allen's look better. And you know what's hilarious about that? I saw a stat on uh, Sunday night. Josh Allen's 6'5". All three of his receivers are under six feet tall. Yeah. Imagine the windows that that man's got to throw it into when they're that small. You know, it's easy when you got a Julio or an AJ Green on the outside who are six four and you know can go up and make that. But these guys are all five foot eight, nine, ten. You know, so there's like no jump balls with, for that. It's like having a catch with your kid. Yeah, yeah. You're aiming. <laughs> you're aiming for the digits on his jersey every time when you're throwing to those guys. But you listen, short round uh, Beasley did a great job for the Cowboys for what he was worth, and you know what? He's doing the same thing for Buffalo, so, you know, good luck, Sean McDermott. All right. Um, not much else to touch on last weekend. No. Let's get into this weekend. So, it's crazy that we're in week 16, mm-hmm. and five divisions are still up for grabs. Everybody but the NFC South, right? NFC South. The Ravens have clinched and the Chiefs have clinched. So their division. Yes, I okay. said everyone but gotcha. five. So yes, those are the three that are uh, still up for grabs. But I, I think they can all be decided this weekend. Uh, let's just go one by one. So we've kind of touched on the Bills Pats a little. Even if Buffalo wins this game, they still have the Patriots still have the tiebreaker. So if they beat. Miami at home in Week 17, they still win the division. Yeah. So, meanwhile, the Bills... as much fun to your point, it would be to see the Patriots play a wild card game and on the road in Houston or yeah. Kansas City or maybe even Buffalo again. 
I don't think it's going to happen. So Too bad that game's I'm, not in Miami because, you know, Tom Brady always struggles in South Beach. Yeah, except this year. when they. Although had, the spread's already out and it's 14 and a half except, for the Patriots. Except this year when they had uh, AB in that one game in, yeah. in Miami. Yep. Um, so I think the Pats will take the AFC East, unfortunately. You? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I'm just I'm hoping that they don't, but I, I think that they will. Texans, other team we touched on, winning in? Uh, yeah, I mean... I think the Saints have. I'm sorry, the uh, Titans have too much of a, a difficult road to win. Right, uphill battle uh, against the Saints, and then on the road against the Texans, who will probably still be playing for divisional seeding because they've beaten both the Chiefs and the Patriots. So if they, if either of those stumble, that was going to be my question. You, they, you think if they win, are they are they starting Deshaun and Hop and everybody next weekend? And your answer is yes because of seeding. Yeah, I mean it depends what happens this weekend, but. Uh, they are nine and five, and the Patriots are eleven, 11 and three, and the Chiefs are ten and four. So, yeah, they. Uh, I mean, New England could easily lose this weekend, and Casey is playing at Chicago. Yeah, I don't know. It's the NFL. Anything could happen. Yeah, I think Houston's so, going to be locked it, into the four seed. I think that's the home. I, I agree, but like I said, they have those two tiebreakers over the teams directly in front of them. So if one of them slips up, they could move up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How advent? Uh, I think it would be advantageous for them to move up if they have the opportunity because Buffalo. I don't think it's official, but I think they're pretty much locked into the five seed, and then the six seed is either going to be Tennessee, Tennessee Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh uh, and I think that's it. I think that yeah, that's it. Yeah, or like the uh, point. There's only seven, uh, or the point oh one percent chance Cleveland's not makes the playoffs. Yeah, there's only six. either way. I think Buffalo is better than those two teams, so it would be advantageous to move up and get the three seed. There's only, uh, I mean, there's basically only two spots left in the um, AFC, and it's t- it's going to either be Pittsburgh or Tennessee. And then, of course, if you move to the NFC, uh, yeah, the more interesting conference by far this Cowboys week. Eagles this week will pretty much Ugh, decide I mean, that seven and seven. I mean, they're talking about this game of the week marquee matchup. It's like they're both five hundred, and before last weekend, Dallas had not beaten a team with a winning record. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I understand. It's kind of like the mediocrity it's just, matchup. It's just marquee matchup because it's the Cowboys and it's the Eagles and they're big markets and it's the NFC East. And although the, the NFC East has Yeah, been, but it's to decide a division and they're both 500 right, right you know, now. Although the NFC East has been in a train wreck this year, it's still got the brand name appeal. Yeah, I get it. And then... What do you think? Who you got? Um, don't even give me spreads. Just straight wins, losses. I already know who I'm taking. I got the Cowboys. I'm, t- I'm taking the Eagles. I've been saying it for mo- months, I I, weeks and weeks on end about this. When we did our, uh, I guess it was our three-quarter poll, yeah. I said, I'm finally bailing on the Eagles because, to your point... And then they won two games in a row. I, I, was, on the, <laughs> yeah, I was on the Eagles as you were waiting for them to come around, waiting for them to come around, and... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't think it's their year. But I know we did over unders early on in the season. Did we do who we think the six playoff teams are going to be in week in the first pod or the week one? No, we're just kind of adjusting them as the quarters go by. No, yeah, we did quarter pulls. We did. Yeah. Uh... We should do that next year. Pick our pick our you know everything. See how close we get. But um, yeah, I mean, listen. I think that um, I think that Philly, despite the fact that they have nobody offensively. Um, except for Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz, I think Boston Scott has jumped into the uh, to the mix a little bit, and they still got Miles Sanders. They're short to Sean, who they've been all year, and and um, as well as uh, Alshon Jeffrey uh, at the wideout positions. 
But, I mean, if you look at the NFL these days, there's a lot of tight ends who are getting in there and making big plays and who are typically the number ones. I mean, you've got Kittle for the Niners as their number one go-to. You've got uh, Kelsey in Kansas City is his most likely number one or 1A between yeah, him and up, Hill. Yeah, they're matchup problems. So, yeah, exactly. And when you've got a big athletic guy like Ertz who's going to probably have eight, nine catches and the, the, um, the Cowboys are not good at covering opposing tight ends, I think that it could potentially be a field day. Plus, I think the Philly faithful, as much as it pains me to say that, those uh, morons are going to be out in full full spirit and, uh, you know, giving Dak fits. Plus, we don't know about Dak's shoulder. I mean, for the first time, he's mispracticed and he's actually on an injury report. Yeah. And, you know, when Clay Matthews falls on your shoulder, I mean, that's got to hurt. You know, you saw the land monster in Vegas one time, and he's a large man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Thursday. I think that's just... So many NFL stories just get overblown. No, of course, because they try to build it up. It's like a Conor McGregor fight. Yeah, I mean, Dallas will... Uh, Dallas. Dak will be out there for Dallas. Oh, he absolutely will, but how long is he going to be able to play like the Dak that we know him to play with? I don't know. If uh, Dallas was smart, they would just run the ball, but whatever. I, I still think the Cowboys are going to win. All right. Give me the Eagles. Uh, Packers-Vikings... This is another one that even if the Vikings win this, Green Bay just has to beat lowly Detroit next week, and then they have the tiebreaker yeah. because Minnesota lost an extra division game. They lost to the Bears earlier in the year. So even if the Vikings win Monday night, it's – I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the Pack is on the road at the Lions. So, I mean, you never know. Matt Patricia might actually figure out how to coach defense, but probably not. Yeah, I mean, the and team you, that's lost, you know, 10 out of the last 11 or yeah, but whatever you, the number is. But then you got the Bears going to Minnesota. You're right. The only thing that worries me this week about Minnesota is Dalvin Cook is most likely not going to play. And I, saw, I read a headline that said that they're probably going to hold him out until the playoffs. Right. Um, so, I mean, listen, again, you just got feeling back who, uh, you know, had a couple of catches and not enough nearly to win a fantasy matchup for me. You know what? But, um, you know, they still got Diggs and Rudolph, uh, but it's going to be all on Kirk Cousins. And I think I saw a stat last time that Kirk's 0-8 on Monday Night Football. And now you're playing the division leader. I think it's a lot of pressure, and I don't know if he can really live up to that and the big contract. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think that the Packers are going to abandon ship, for lack of a better term, to be like, you know, let's just win next week and take the division because, you know, they are currently with uh, the two seed and have a bye. So if they lose, you know, they could be uh, still in the division but have to play opening weekend. In the NFC, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be uh, a, a big deal to get that bye week as opposed to having to play on wild card weekend. So Green Bay might come out or should come out all uh you know all hands on deck to you know maintain pace depending on what the Saints Seahawks and yeah. the 49ers all do obviously we know they don't have the tiebreaker of the 49ers who blew their doors off that's true and uh you know we'll see yeah the 49ers beat them and the 49ers beat the Saints however they lost to Seattle once and they're going to have to play them next weekend which i think is one which of the is most which is the next yeah okay so good one. segue honestly that is going to be outstanding. I hope the Niners and the uh, Seahawks both win this weekend. Yeah, the Niners blew their uh, uh, their opportunity to to jump ahead. No, not even that. They well, yes, well, losing to the Falcons. Yeah, they yes, definitely did. They did, but they uh, they blew their opportunity to um, 
what the one? They're mulligan right now. They can't afford to lose this Rams game because yeah. they lost to the Falcons last week. That's true. Um, and I mean, I think at this point, I hope they both win too. I'm sorry. At this point, the NFC is set as far as teams go, except for we don't know who's going to win the uh, the East division, right? Does like, the Rams can still make the playoffs if the Vikings lose out, and the Rams win out? Correct. Okay, so then that's not true. My statement. All so, right. So the Rams will be. Can you imagine from Super Bowl to no playoffs? Honestly, it happens, I think it happens all the time. I think, especially when you lose the Super Bowl. I think that is going to happen, hundred percent. I don't see the Rams getting back there after I was big on them and holding out for them for so many weeks this year. I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. So uh, yeah, I mean the Rams have the Cardinals next week. So if they can somehow get by the Niners this week. They could at least go 10-6, and six, and then yeah. obviously they don't control their own fate. They need some help from the Vikings. But, um, yeah, Minnesota could literally be an 11-5 six seed. I mean, think about that. Because you know the, well, the Niners could be an 11-5 six seed also. The Niners have already guaranteed themselves a playoff spot. Yeah, the NFC is so it's much better I know. this year. And it's like, I, you know what, Eagles and uh, and Cowboys, screw you. They should just let uh, the Rams jump in. Or whoever's got the best record. I feel like you have to have at least 10 wins in order to be in the playoffs if you're going to be a division winner. You remember that year, years ago, in the uh, NFC West when the Rams and the um, Seahawks were playing in like week 16 or 17? I think I think one of them got into the playoffs with a 7-9 and nine record. I think it Sam was a, Bradford was on the Rams, I think. The Seahawks were in the playoffs, and they hosted the Saints and beat them. That was the game Marshawn Lynch had that beast mode run. Yes! That was, they were 7-9. and nine. And they won a playoff game. Yeah, and the, yeah, they beat... Well, I mean, listen, New Orleans is going from indoors dome to far north, uh, northwest, outside. And we know that they don't play as well outside the dome, but... Carolina won the division at 7-8-1 and one a couple years ago. Yeah. And just, uh, I think just, they won a playoff game, too. So are you sitting here telling me that Dallas is going to win the division at, you know, 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, and then they're going to play the Niners and beat them? God, I hope not. That's going to be the worst. Right now, I would say no. I mean, Dallas kind of impressed me against the Rams, so I'll be curious to see how well they play in these last two games. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, next week they play Washington, so how impressed should I be about that? Like, I don't know. I've given up on trying to figure out Dallas. But just to wrap up a point that I've heard this week, I don't think we need to eliminate divisions and... No, you got to have a division winner, I guess. And not have, like, oh, the Cowboys shouldn't... Or the Eagles shouldn't host a playoff game because the other team has a better record. It's like, no, this is like a one-year thing. It's an outlier. It doesn't happen every single year. Mm -hmm. You know, the goal for every NFL team... August or June when they come for OTAs and minicamp and the whole deal is always win your division. Win your division, you're in the dance, mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there. Right. So, no, I, I think everyone, to the point about Dak's injury, everyone just overreacts to every story now. Of and they just do it to have something to talk about because it's a 24-7 news cycle, and it's ridiculous. Yes, I get it, but you want to you wanna, uh, host a playoff game? You don't want to go on the road, Niners or Seattle, whoever lose, win your division. So, yeah. it's, to Agreed. me, it's that cut and dry. Um, I want to get into last week's bets. Before we do that, I want to talk about some bad beats. Ah, uh, yes. So, this always happens like, like once a year, it seems like. But we had two 
in a matter of what in the same week last week. Yeah. So the first one was the Redskins Eagles game, which was of course I had the Redskins plus four and a half, and it was thirty one twenty seven, and then Dwayne Haskins just laterals it to a lineman instead of taking a sack and to nobody, and mm-hmm. then the Eagles pick it up and score it. So. One of those instances where it, the the over had already hit, so that didn't affect mm-hmm. that. But if you had the Eagles, you now covered. And, of course, I had the Redskins. And then the Falcons did it, too, where they scored that late touchdown to make it, what was it, 22-21? Um, well, 23-21? Yeah, no, it was 22. It was, yeah, it was 24. No, it was 21-17. to 17. And then they scored the touchdown. I don't know. I gotta look. Regardless, that pushed. No, that didn't change anything because the Falcons were already covering. But yeah, then they, the, the Niners, Niners had to came down and tried to do that. Uh, the Niners came down and tried to do that lateral play, which the Falcons special teams then re, uh, recovered, went into the end zone for the game-winning touch or you know. The touchdown. It was twenty-two it. to seventeen. Yes, and then okay, Julio they, had it at the one. And they tried to do a two-pointer to make San Francisco right, have to right, come down, okay. even though there was two seconds left. And then, yeah, um, at, at one point, they were going so uh, far back, um, Zacchaeus picked the ball up in the end zone for... Uh, and it went over. It was, yeah, it was 49. Yeah, I think it was 50. Wh- whatever, but imagine if you had the under in that game, and you're like, even if the Falcons scored here, I'm good. Right. And then I saw the... I looked like the Niner guy ran it out to like the five-yard line to the, like, one sideline, and then chucked it all the way back across the field, and I was like, oh, this is a disaster. Mm-hmm. This isn't the Music City Miracle, so... And, and you want to know what else? It wasn't... Um, actually, the same thing happened in the Bears-Packer um, game. They The Bears were doing the uh, the lateral, and they were lateraling, and then one of the guys tried to flip it to Allen Robinson, who was standing at about the three-yard line. Oh, yeah. And, that, he, that was the... and he didn't get it, but at that point, it's 21-13. So let's say they get it, and it's 19, and then they don't go for two, and they still lose. At that point, Chicago's covering the four-and-a-half-point spread. Right. So that game, it, that could have been the third that game. That was the, yeah. That could have been the third one. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of crazy stuff going on last week. And that reminds me of last year when uh, Miami beat... Um, New England on the last play of the game, and Gronk, you know, missed the tackle at the goal line. Yeah, I remember this. This inst- there was an instance. Uh, I want to say three or four years ago, the Chiefs were playing the Redskins on Monday Night Football. Okay, and the same thing happened: lateral play, and Casey picked it up. And I was going to say, was that game even close from the get go? Chiefs Redskins. I think it was when Kirk Cousins was still on the Chiefs, so it had to be Redskins. Sorry, yeah, Redskins. And- yeah. Probably. And Mahomes wasn't there. And it was Alex Smith. Smith. So it was yeah. probably like three years ago. Yeah, it probably was closer then. And the Chiefs, um, you know, the Redskins were doing the lateral thing. The Chiefs picked it up and scored. And not only did that make the Chiefs cover the spread, it pushed the game over. So just imagine that dynamic in a sports book where whoever's in oh, there, yeah. everyone was affected one way or the other. Right. But uh, you know, do you have a good bad beat story? I mean, we had talked about this a little bit. Um, I mean, my God, last weekend I picked uh, Seattle to cover six, and they were winning 24-10, 30-10, 30-17, to and then I don't know what happened. They stopped playing defense, and they came back and they pushed. Uh, also last weekend I had the Raiders 
I had the Raiders. I mean, you're thinking to yourself, six and a half points. Okay, you're playing the Jags, who have lost four in a row. All the players are complaining about uh, getting fined. And you know who's giving the fines out on that team? It was Coughlin. Usually the, the coach who's, like, in charge finds it. The GM gives you the players, and the coach kind of disciplines them. No. Tom Coughlin's doing it. And, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the report that came out about this. So... I'm thinking, okay, Oakland's going to go out with a bang. They're going to, you know, send the black hole faithful off. Yeah, right? Okay, let me get let me get them six and a half. So they're playing the whole game. It's like 13-3, it's 16-3, then it's 16-6. Then they come down in the fourth quarter and they kick or they score a touchdown late. So now it's 16-13, and I'm like, all right, crap. The stash. Yeah. So then at that point, Derek Carr slides inbounds. And the refs are like, no, clock stops. That blew a timeout. He missed a field goal. He missed it twice. He missed it the first time. He got iced. Okay, it didn't count. Then the second time when it did count, he missed it again. And then the Jaguars come down. And, I mean, John Gruden's at the podium just apologizing. And it's, like, unreal. I mean, listen, it's not as bad as uh, what you had just referred to where, you know, you had the under for the Niners game and on the last play. That, that, that's a real bad beat. But like when you when everything's pointing in one direction and it seems so obvious that one thing is going to happen and then some bad officiating ruins it and some bad play calling, uh, you know, also bad beats. Yeah, my, uh, I mean, I've been doing this for a while, so there were a lot of bad beats. But one that <laughs> one that sticks out in my memory, and I think you'll remember this, it was a college football game, and. It was the Alamo Bowl from. Oh God! Is that the three or four game? Year ago? Yeah. Yep. I, I bet remember. Oregon minus six and a half, and they were up thirty-one nothing at halftime. Mm-hmm. And then TCU scored thirty-one points in the second half, and the game went to overtime. And you know, in overtime, if you have six and a half, you're fucked. But in college football, there's always that. I'm always looking at the how can I win this right? Mm-hmm. There's always that. You know, kick a field goal, get a two percent. <laughs> no, 2% chance that it goes to three overtimes and the team has to start going for two. Gotcha. Actually, no, in no, college you, got, you, you can... You six and a half, so they do I'm kick sorry, the extra point. Yeah, they do kick the extra point, so you can score a touchdown and stop the other team. But regardless, they lost in double overtime. I don't remember the score. I think it was like 49-43 or something. Yeah. Absurd, so I remember... When your team's up 31 nothing at half, that that's a bad beat. I'll tell you this. Um, I do remember I was in bed watching that game and you were texting me that I'm going to lose this, I'm going to lose this. And I was just watching the things happen while you said it, and I was, like, visibly uh, out loud laughing. I actually woke my wife up, and she's like, what's so funny? And, I mean, you were just cracking me up because, you know, you knew that it was going to happen. Listen, I yeah, picked... Oregon lost their quarterback, and their backup came in and was throwing it yeah. out of bounds, had guys' feet. I'm like, just run the ball. Listen, Get this clown out of here. Take it from me, as somebody who was a big fan of the Ducks during the Mariota era, the Ducks are one of those teams that always let you down in a big spot when you think they're just going to roll. Yeah. This year, to start the season off, they played Auburn, and they were winning the entire game against a freshman quarterback in Auburn. And you know, like, Auburn... Auburn is like great defense, ground and pound type of stuff, right? I mean, you know, Cam was there. If they won that game, they'd be in the playoff. Yeah, hands down. Well, that or Arizona, or the they'd be Arizona a one State loss. Game. They'd be a one loss Pac twelve champion. Yeah. Okay. But regardless, with a nice quality win over Auburn. Right. I mean, listen, they they who had a good season and played everyone that was. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of bad beats. I just want to touch on fantasy football for a minute. I know I always give you shit, Dan, for yeah. mentioning your fantasy football team every week, but I feel like everyone listening can probably relate 
to fantasy football. Last week was the first week in the playoffs for fantasy. If you have a standard 10-person league. Yeah, some people do the week before. Depending on your league. Whatever. But anyway. Why do we do this to ourselves? Every year, I feel like I take a step further away from playing fantasy football. Because we're money-hungry. Yeah, but, I mean... I don't know. Of course, Dan and I were both in the semifinals, and of course we were sitting there on the couch, and I was like, maybe we'll play each other next week. And guess what? We are in the consolation game. Mm-hmm. Players in the top 20 this week for fantasy football, Dan. Ready? Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston was number two. Kenyon Drake was number three. Wait a minute. Are you talking about this weekend or last weekend? Well, I don't know what this weekend's oh, oh, oh. point totals are going to be. Projections. Okay. So these were the guys' top point totals. Yeah. Jameis was number two. Kenyon Drake was number three. This is overall, not by position, overall. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, who's done shit all year, was number seven. Don't you have, didn't you have Jameis? I did. Okay. Rashad Perryman was number eight. Ryan Tannehill was number 11. Ryan Fitzmagic was 16, Jamison Crowder was 17, and rounding out the top 20 was Dwayne Haskins. Now, I know our fantasy draft was in August, but were any of those guys drafted on that day? Probably not. I think Miles Sanders might have been, because we weren't sure who the starting running back was, but he has done garbage all year. He literally got 20% of his fantasy points for the entire season this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. And of course I was playing him. As a Giants fan, just in cherry on top I, I declared at 110 that I was going to lose because I actually started Jameis over Tom Brady and of course he threw a pick five minutes into, into the game and that was the only decision I got right was to play Jameis over Tom Brady I don't know speaking of bad beats and swinging stuff I saw that uh, Todd Gurley and Cooper Cup were scoring all these garbage touchdowns and I mean they're, they're, they were drafted by everybody they are I don't know if people are still starting uh, Gurley, but, I mean, he still scores touchdowns, although he doesn't get the amount of yards he got last year. So I'm sure that they were swinging fantasy games left and right. Not necessarily ours, but I'm sure there's other people's stories out there. It's like, do you ever talk to anyone in fantasy who's like, oh, man, I had a great week and everything went right for me? It's like, I feel like you only hear the bad beat stories from mm-hmm. whether it's someone, you know, you listen to on a podcast, on TV, your friends, like... I, I, I feel like the bad beat stories in fantasy outweigh the yeah. the wins yeah. all three, the time. Three of my last four weeks, week 11, I had 169 points. The following week, 111, not so good. The week after that, 148, and the week after that, 167, which got me into the playoffs. Okay, So what happens last weekend? I come out and I lay 112 egg. Meanwhile, the guy that I'm playing puts up 180 after benching Lamar Jackson. And he benched Lamar Jackson. I mean, you're probably all thinking, what kind of idiot does this? He had Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, I questioned it too. So, Mahomes only got him 26 points. Jackson would have had him 47. So, he would have dropped a 200-burger on me. And honestly, there was nothing I could have done. Optimum lineup, this quarterback, that quarterback, nothing. I just, there was nothing I could have done. I still would have lost by 60 points either way. Yeah, to my point about the guys I just listed in the top 20, it's like, I'm always a believer in you, you know, you stick with the guys that got you there, Mm -hmm. but I got screwed last year because I lost because someone picked up Damian Williams, who was, you know, the Kareem Hunt replacement on the Chiefs. Yep. All right, I, I... 
I resisted all season talking about fantasy football. I just, had, I, just, I just had to get that off my chest. I, I get it. It's a pain in the ass. And, you know, I had McCaffrey who dropped 32 for me, and he was more than a third. Well, he was a third of my points. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I do this to myself. Anyway. Let's talk about something that's good. Sure. Last week, I went 2-1 and one in my best bets, and I hit my parlay. Who was, who was my one loss? Washington, plus 4.5. We already talked about it. Yep. So now in the past three weeks, I'm now 8-1. and one. Two and one in parlays, and if it wasn't for that bullshit Dwayne Haskins lobbing it to nobody, mm-hmm. I'd be nine and zero. So I've, uh, I'm pretty much red hot. I'm twenty seven and eighteen on the year. That's a sixty percent clip. Wow! And I'm now six and nine in parlays, which you may be thinking that doesn't sound good, but that it would be up six and a half units. Uh, just, just explain ex- to me just, the just on parlays. Unit. Explain to me the unit thing. I see that on TV a lot. A unit is your standard measure. Uh, yeah. So if your unit's a hundred bucks, so, so 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 each unit is different. My unit may be different than your unit, which may be different than someone else's. Yeah, like uh, Billy Walter's unit was like a million bucks a game. Well, good for Billy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if your unit will use a hundred bucks, right? That's nice and easy. So parlays generally play plus 260. Mm-hmm. So if you followed my parlays, you would have lost nine times, right? That's obviously minus 900. Mm-hmm. And you would have won six times. So I don't know what six times 260 is off the top of my head. But uh, if you take six times... It is 1560 minus 900, you'd be at a plus 660 going with Kevin's parlays. Right, so you'd be up... 6.6 units because gotcha. your units 100 bucks gotcha. so okay uh my goal all season was to go six and ten well i guess six and eleven in parlay so i'm already there we always have two weeks left in the season i mean mm. parlays are tough but they're good payouts obviously that's why yep they're good payouts because they're that's tough true uh just to quickly recap new england minus nine and a half they're only up 13 10 at halftime and then i doubled down on them in the second half because it's new england and it's Cincy. More like because it's Cincy. <laughs> Washington, we've already discussed this in detail. And then my third game was Atlanta, uh, who ended up winning outright. I just had them plus 11. Classic flat spot for the Niners after all those big games. Now they got the Rams and Seahawks coming up. And, you know, the Falcons have been playing better recently. So I just thought that was too many points, and I was right. And then my parlay was the Bucks and over 46 and a half. And they won thirty eight seventeen. I mean, the Bucks are super entertaining. Jameis just you thought I threw a pick seven and seven. Jameis like I threw a pick. I don't give a damn. I'm throwing it downfield. Yeah. And they got good receivers. They're fun to watch, man. Godwin's got thirteen hundred yards and nine touchdowns this year. So I mean, yeah, they are they are fun to watch. Um, so I went one one and one. Uh, I had Denver plus nine and a half. And I just figured after last time they got blown out in Denver. Yeah, man, we uh, gotta start checking the weather forecast. I did in these Midwest. I did, and you know what? That favored it favored Denver because they got Philip Lindsay who's running. I mean, the the running game is not strong, but I my God, I mean, I think Kelsey had thirteen catches, thirteen. Patrick Mahomes is just tearing them apart. And Denver, you'd figure it snows in Denver more than it does in KC. So common misconception. I feel like the snow favors the offense because the defense can't get their footing. Like. If the receiver's going to cut, the defensive player could fall down. I mean, I don't know. Regardless. It, it, it can vary. It could be slippery snow. There could be a bunch of snow. Regardless, I lost. The next one I pushed on Seattle minus six, who was up by seven or more the entire game. They scored the first touchdown and never looked back from there. They were up the entire game by seven or more. And then what happens? 
Yeah. They stopped playing defense all of a sudden. Yeah, we talked about this. So, I mean, that one pushed minus six. And then I had Tampa Bay minus three and a half to Kevin's point. Playing against Detroit, who has just given up and doesn't know what to do. Uh, that was that. And then I had Oakland six and a half again, who was winning the, the entire freaking game. And that game was never yeah, close exactly. to going over. Yeah, so I had I had that in the under, so I lost uh, I, I lost on the spread, and I won on the under, but it's a parlay, so I'm now one in whatever. 13, 14, 15 on parlays? I thought you had two. I don't know. You're the record keeper. Yeah, you have two. Okay, so what's my what's my overall record now with with the push? Something, something, and one. I have bad news for you, Dan. You gave out Seattle at minus six and a half on the pod last week. That is completely Although not it true. was very easy to find it at six or five. And I a actually half. bet it at five and a half and won on FanDuel, and I parlayed that with Houston plus three and won a nice chunk of change. So you're going to give me the push because I have it at six here. I know you like to make me look bad, but I, I, I won it at I'm five be, and a I'm half. I'm just being honest. I won it at five and a half. For so. our loyal listeners. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you are. There's 45 games. Do you want me to count it up real quick? No, it's not the big deal because I'm very, very, very far under 500. I'm probably picking about 30% winners. Well, I've already started, so I'm just going to roll with it. All right, I'll kill some time here by saying that we are currently watching the best NBA okay, game of the Okay, you were uh, 15 and 30, so 33% on the note. Or, I'm sorry, 15, 29, and 1. You could do that math. Um, and then you are 2... And 13 in parlays. So, so I'm 15 and 30. So yeah, I'm picking 33%. Okay. 15, 29, one's probably like 34. Mm, good for me. Anyway, um, I got some bets this week. Kev texted me earlier and said, hey, you got your bets. I'm like, I got seven games that I like, and I had to narrow them down to three. So Before we jump into bets this week, I just want to say that I mean, Dan kind of quit on this weeks ago, but I am now officially retiring from daily fantasy picks, and let me tell you why. Okay. My lineup last week, <laughs> David Carr. Okay, Th- this is my best one, which wasn't great. 267 in a touch, 15 points, 2.2 times his value. Eh, not exactly the best. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, it gets worse. Patrick Laird, 54 total yards. 6.4 points, 1.2 times his value. Not much there. And then I had Justin Watson, the who I thought would be sleeper wide receiver on the Bucks, who had two catches for 17 yards. So I was in the right neighborhood but on the wrong street because Brashard Perryman had three touchdowns. Then I picked David Njoku as my flex player. Whoops. Who I saw at 2.30 or 3.30 that it was, he didn't play, which was a coach's decision, which I still... Don't know if he did something disciplined. Coach's decision? He wasn't injured? No, he so he had the whole um I think he had a broken wrist, which had him on IR for most of the season, and then he came back uh not this past week, obviously, but the week before that, he had one catch, and I think he ended up on the injury report with a knee issue. But then it said inactive coach's decision. And I've I I've never kinda I guess I'd have to follow Brown's beat writer on Twitter or something, but I I don't I never got the full explanation. Did he like break curfew? Did his injury pop up? Because you know if it was, if it was injury, it would have said out ankle, wrist, foot, whatever. But it just said coach decision. So I never you know Freddie doesn't discipline anybody. So it seems I never really got the full answer as to why. 
But if you subbed out Njoku for his replacement, Ricky Seals-Jones, he had two TDs as well. So once again, I was sniffing on the doorstep. But fantasy has been pissing me off recently, and I'm not giving out any winners. So as a disservice to the listeners, I'm just going to stay away from it and let you make your own decisions. Yeah. Dan, let's get into the good stuff. All right. Let's get to this week's bets. Since you have so many games, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Um, the first bet of the weekend. I'm rolling with my boy Deshaun Watson. and You Houston. see me roll it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Texans minus three. Tampa Bay is on a four-game win streak. However... James, James, being a swing in fantasy leagues. They've beaten a bunch of crap teams the last four weeks. Evans is out for the year. Godwin and Winston are both questionable, and Tampa Bay cannot run the ball. I don't think Godwin's playing, but I, I didn't do research on this game, so. Okay, so I said he's questionable. They haven't officially said anything, but if he's not playing, that's just going to help my cause even more. Tampa's got nothing to play for. They're not going to win the division. They're not going to uh, get to the playoffs. They're basically just hurting their draft status by continuing to win. Uh, Jameis is playing for a contract, and they said they might bring him back now, which is just... Yeah. I don't know. He's he's crazy. Watson presents a problem running and passing for a Tampa Bay defense who has given up 28 points per game this season. Houston has to continue to win to keep pace and stay a game ahead of... The Titans for the AFC South. Houston wins. They're in. There you go. Give me Houston. Covering all three of those points. Houston on the road. You're living dangerously. Mm-hmm. My first bet. Maybe you can help me explain this. <laughs> uh, okay. I have to hear what it is first. Miami plus one. Yeah, I wanted to know why you were even picking this game. This line seems off. Miami is at home. They're not in Cincinnati. They're at home, mm-hmm. and they are getting a point. So think about this. Usually we use three points for home field, right? Right. So yeah. if it was on a neutral field, you're telling me Cincy would be a four-point favorite. And if it was in Cincinnati, you're telling me Cincinnati would be a seven-point favorite? Does Cincinnati there to be a seven-point favorite against anybody that's not playing college football? No. I know the, I know the uh, Dolphins lost to the Giants last week. But they beat the Jets the week before in the same building. No, they didn't. They lost by a point. You're right. They lost two weeks in a row in the same building. But the week before that, they beat Philly. Where? In Miami. Because it's hot Miami. People fade in the humidity. And the, the, the Bengals stink. Forget all these factors. Why are the Bengals laying points on the road? Did, I think Brian Flores is doing a great job. The team seems to like him. I feel like the team's overachieving, right? We talked about tanking. Of course, you heard the 0-16 talk like two games into the season, which might have been warranted the way they got blown out by Baltimore and New England. But why is Miami getting points? They were on that streak where they covered four in a row. They covered against the Jets. They had a bad game against the Giants. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something. This is like so fishy. It made me think like maybe I should stay away from it, but I'm like, no. No, Hmm. No pun intended, but the Dolphins line's fishy. Give me the Finns plus one. And this, yeah. was, this was minus one, so this might get up to plus two. I don't know where this line's going. This is, do you have any explanation, Dan? I, I honestly don't. Um, 
Miami's seven and seven against the spread this year too. And they despite were like zero five to start because they were getting blown up yeah, by everybody. Despite, Dallas, despite their three and eleven uh, overall record, right? I mean, they're both av- they're both giving up almost twice as many points as they're scoring. I, I, honestly, I don't have an answer for you on this. This one. is this is weird. Vegas must know something, right? This is like the Bengals are going to win like. I don't know, like 31-10, and we're going to be sitting here talking next week like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, what happened? So, I don't know. I, All right. I, I guess Andy Dalton has yeah. restored faith in Cincinnati. I, I don't know what I'm missing, but I guess I'll find out on Sunday. All right. In addition to my Houston bet in the AFC South, I am going out on a big limb here, and I'm also taking Tennessee to cover two at home against the Saints, who it, are coming off. It's plus two now? What do you have it at? I saw it at three, and then I think I saw it two and a No, I saw it two and a half, but I think it opened at three. I, I don't know. I didn't research this game, so... All right, listen. Because we don't want any ties, can you give it to me at two and a half? Sure. Okay. So we'll get Tennessee two and a half. Uh, so, I have Miami plus one, so when they lose by a point, I had, I'm taking I saw the it even, although I must be checking somewhere else. Tennessee needs to win if they have a chance to win the AFC South and to keep pace with the... Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for the playoffs for the sixth seed. Uh, even more of an opportunity this week because Pittsburgh lost last week at home, so they're both eight and six. However, Pittsburgh's got the Jets this weekend, so if Tennessee wants any chance, they're going to have to win. So I'm sticking with them. I think Vrabel is going to have them playing better. I don't trust the New Orleans defense as much outside of the dome. Nor do, I mean, listen, you can't go wrong with Breeze and Michael Thomas. You know, Michael Thomas' over-under catch total last weekend was eight and a half, and he had nine in the first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like after watching that game, there were so many prop bets we could have made to make money, and I just didn't take opportunity of any of them. It's Sometimes when the props are so obvious, I get scared. Like a couple weeks ago, I went with Ertz mm-hmm. over 60-something yards on Monday Night Football against the Giants, and that hit in the first half. And then, once again, last week, it was at 60 yards in the Washington game, and I was like, I'm not... One of these days is going to have a bad game. And then that hit in the first half again. I was like, why are these so obvious? He's going to break the record. He's got 133 catches, yeah. and the record is Marvin Harrison with 143. And he's got two games to do it. Yeah. So uh, give him a, give him a three quarters, and I'm pretty sure that'll be broken. So despite, Tennessee despite plus your love for Michael Thomas, you're going with Tennessee. Tennessee plus two and a half. Okay, my second pick is the Denver Broncos minus six and a half at home against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I think the Lions have just quit. Oh yeah, like on the this. season, like this bet, which is weird because they gave Matt Patricia a vote of confidence, which I guess sometimes could be a bad thing that he would be back next year. So I don't know. I mean, the Lions can really move up in the draft board here, as they have been ever since they've been. Losing, losing, losing. I think they've lost six or seven in a row. And David uh, Blau? Blau. David Blau. He's not the guy. Drew Locke has been pretty hit and miss. I think last week in the snow against KC, that was a tough game and a tough matchup. Uh, Tough situation. But I feel like they've looked better with Locke at QB. And I just feel like... just when you think things can't get any worse for the Lions, it just gets worse. Yeah. So, Matt Stafford got put in IR, so he's not coming back. Give me Nor the, should he. Give me the Broncos at home, minus six and a half. And 
the since the Dolphins and Bengals are playing each other, and the Giants and Redskins are playing each other, the Lions can really fly up this draft board here with a couple more losses. They're uh, three ten and one. If they lose out, they'll be three twelve and one. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, the that, Lions that's are probably a pretty prime position to be in the top. Three. And you know what? The, the Giants and Redskins are getting four wins this weekend. The Lions were two zero and one to start the season. I know they tied the uh, Cardinals in the first week. After Kyler Murray finally realized beat, he was playing football. Then they beat the Chargers and the Eagles. Yeah, well, I mean, who have both turned out to be... Right, but when in September you're thinking like, huh, yeah, look up, check out the Lions. So it wasn't so much that the Lions were good, it was just that those teams were very bad. Yeah, so... Speaking of very bad, the Los Angeles th- Lakers are getting beat right now by 20 points in Milwaukee. Give me the uh, Broncos, minus six and a half. Dan, what's your third pick? Third pick, I got the Chiefs, minus six. Ooh... What do you think about that one? Um, the Bears won last week, right? But it's the Bears. Uh, I just I can't remember who they beat. No, they lost to the Packers. Sure. KC's on a roll lately. Four straight wins looking to improve their playoff seating. Meanwhile, Chicago has no chance at the playoffs because of Minnesota and Green Bay well ahead of them in the standings. There's no chance for them to make the wild card. There's are no they 7-7 cha- seven seven now? They are. Yeah, they're done. Right. Exactly. Uh, and I don't think they will be playing inspired this weekend. I think a lot of the Bears players on defense understand they have Mitchie at QB, and they aren't going to be playing all that hard because there's nothing really to play for at this point. Yeah, so, they needed to win last week. Give me KC in prime time to cover the six. Stay hot, roll it into the uh, playoffs. I, I feel like KC's going to get the two seed. I really do. Casey's going to get on the this two. bandwagon weeks ago when I told them they're going to beat the Patriots by seven. Casey's going to get the two seed, and uh, Baltimore's going to be the one. So New England's going to have to play the first weekend, albeit they will be hosting. But so New England's losing this weekend, or losing the Dolphins at home next week. You think about that. My third either pick, one. Thanks, Dan. My third pick is the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. We're going to touch on this. I know you're behind the Eagles. So we'll make a side bet on this. I have the line at minus one and a half for the Cowboys. That's what I saw minutes before this pod started. Uh, I just can't get behind the Eagles. I mean, they barely beat the Giants at home on Monday night. They barely beat the Redskins. Don't be fooled by that 10-point score. They had to score late and then got that stupid touchdown that's costing me my perfect record. Uh, cluster injuries on offense at wide receiver. I don't know if Lane Johnson's going to be back. And what's the strength of the Eagles? Their D-line. Carson Wentz. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> their D-line. What's the strength of the Cowboys? Their O-line. So the Cowboys can negate their biggest strength. I understand it's in Philly. I understand Dallas has been inconsistent. I, I, just, I just can't see where Philly has an advantage over Dallas, with the exception of the sidelines. So give me Dallas to get... A big road win and lock up the NFC East, minus one and a half in Philly. All right. Dan, what's your parlay? My parlay is Arizona plus nine and a half and over 51 against Seattle. Oh, over 51. So let me give you, let me drop some knowledge on you, sir. I'm always down for knowledge. The Seahawks have given up 176 points through six games at home. That's an average of 29 points per game at home the Seahawks have given up. Okay? I I like that math. Thanks. I did it before the pod. 
Kyler is starting to actually look like an NFL quarterback, and there's a lot of bright future for that young kid, despite the fact he's only five foot six. Uh, he's fast. He throws a nice ball. He makes good decisions. I feel like, listen, he's going up against the best quarterback in that division by far, and I think that Seattle is going to win. But I'm going to say that uh, they're going to give up some more points like they have been, and it's going to be a shootout. So, I mean, give me uh, 31-24 Seattle to win. Arizona to cover. I thought Arizona was going to score 29. No, I'm just saying yeah. that they have been giving up an average of... I mean, think about it. They gave up 20 points the first weekend to the Bengals, who didn't get a win until week 12. Yeah. Okay? I mean, they gave up 29 to the Rams. They've given up 33 to the Saints. I mean, they're just... And they're at home. The 12th man and all that shit. I don't know what, what happened to that this year. The 12th man, it's like, no. The 12th man, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is the man. Okay, that's it. For, forget the 12th man and how loud your, your freaking, uh, you know, Starbucks drinking grunge rock listening uh, fans are. It's Russell Wilson. Let's be real. And that's, that's basically the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so? Because Dan Hen said so. Alright, my parlay is going to be the Buffalo Bills plus 6.5 and, and under 37.5. Now, I really like the under of 37.5 more than anything, so I'm just using basic logic that less points when mm-hmm. you're getting points with the Bills. I like Buffalo plus 6.5. It six makes and more half. sense. I thought about that. Uh... Edelman, who you mentioned is Tom Brady's only weapon, is mm. now banged up. I mean, I'm sure he'll play, but he didn't look so hot last week. Two catches for 11 yards against that vaunted Bengals defense. Mm. And I just don't see offense being generated in- anywhere. I mean, I think the Pats defense will shut down Josh Allen. Uh, but even if the Pats lose, they'll still win the division or Miami next week. So there could be a chance that the Pats lay down. But, you know, same thing with the Packers that we talked about earlier. They're still fighting for seeding. Yep. So, I don't know. I just feel like this is going to be 17-13, something like that, one way or the other. And I'm sure the Pats will gut it out and win. If the Bills do, great. But, I mean, the Pats won 16-10 last time. They needed a block punt touchdown. You know, last week they had a pick six. Like, the Patriots' formula is defense and and or special team scoring. And I just don't see it continuing to happen against a pretty good team in Buffalo. So, so here's how Kansas City gets the two seed. Patriots lose this weekend. Right, that's what I Kansas think. City wins up. That's yeah. how they're going to get the two seed. You said think about that before. No, I said who is the, who are the Patriots going to lose to? Buffalo or Miami? Oh, Buffalo. Week? And you just were thinking. So I said I think about that. All right, no fantasy. Good luck if you're in your fantasy finals or playoffs. Yeah, call the uh, guys Dan that and I beat us. Be, Dan and I will be maybe making a side wager on our consolation game. We matchup. should, we should, since only the top two get paid out in our league. So we'll make a side bet on that. We already got our bet in the Cowboys Eagles. Yeah, best, 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 jeez, best bets versus each other. A new segment coming. Yes. Uh, enjoy the weekend. I don't know what next week's going to look like, so. We don't talk to you. Merry Christmas from the Henry Brothers. This is true. Uh, We'll probably be back next Thursday. I'm not doing anything on the 26th, so we'll be in touch. Maybe we'll touch on some college bowl games. I always like sitting home between Christmas and New Year's and watching college football for teams I've never heard of, starting with Buffalo and Charlotte tomorrow. Can't name one guy on each team. I have no idea what conference they play in, but I'm probably going to sit there and watch it, and I'll probably place a bet. Best player to ever graduate from University of Buffalo? Um... You're going to say the name. I'm going to be like, yep. So say the name. Khalil Mack. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the holiday. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.